Are you looking to take your knowledge of faith to the next level? Oh, yeah! You've come to the right place. Welcome to Post-Christian Pastors, broadcasting from the Steel City, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The podcast hosted by four pastors as they discuss relationships, faith, pop culture, current issues, and much, much more. everybody welcome to post christian pastors good to have you back with us here on the podcast that's meant for those of you who are trying to figure out how to live in this post-christian society how's everybody doing i'm here with the group minus one that's right we're down a man Kicked Mike. him out. Leave no men behind, Cleveland. except Mike. It's Cleveland fans are not allowed. Right. We've left Mike behind. He's not here, so we can say whatever we want about Mike. Yep. Today's uh, the Pittsburgh only podcast. That's right. <laughs> it's the Pittsburgh pastors. No Cleveland allowed <laughs> podcast. No Cleveland on because Cleveland stinks. All right. Well, there yeah. we said it. He'll yeah. never know. He might think, show up later. He's going to be listen. late. <laughs> He's going to be late, so he will listen to it when he That's hears right, it yeah. online for the first time. <laughs> He'll be That's so right. mad. We love you, Mike. We just hate Cleveland. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> if and you're listening from Cleveland, we we do love you. We guys. love the people yeah. of yeah. Cleveland. Yeah. Cleveland. Right. We yes. just don't like the sports. <laughs> yes. Right. yes, yes. Which That's I heard that new show showed this week. Mike was all happy about it called Believe Land. Uh, Did yeah. you hear about this? Uh, no, but I've heard it's all about how much about losers are in Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> it's how much losing happens in Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, and they have to believe because they there's just believe. no. There's no hope. Speaking of, did you see that one? They uh, are the post Christian city. (laughs) Yeah. Did you see that? Championship city. The one meme that had all the different uh, names of the. of the quarterbacks from the Cleveland Browns, <laughs> they, they had it. It was this girl with a jersey on. It had like twenty five names taped <laughs> all the awesome. way down like a tail. It was hilarious. Since Roethlisberger, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Like since Roethlisberger, I was going to say in the last two years, they've maybe. had like twenty five <laughs> quarterbacks since we've gotten Roethlisberger. Oh, yeah, man, it's been ridiculous because they passed on Ben. So anyway, well, this is post Christian pastors. <laughs> We're a little bit off tar- off topic here. Well, uh, so th- we're really glad that you joined us here on the podcast and. And this show really is about uh, four pastors, three today, trying to figure out how to live in a post-Christian world and trying to help you figure that out and how do we do that in the way that Jesus would have us do it. So we're not post-Christian, but uh, we live in that kind of society. So we're glad that you joined us. Uh, you've joined thousands of people who have downloaded this podcast and, and we're streamed it. So we are glad and to have you with us and be a part of us. And guys, today we have a great show. We have... Um, uh, Aaron Kleiber is going to be coming on, yeah. and he is a stand-up comedian and an actor, and he'll be out in a little bit, and he's going to be with us to share kind of about uh, our theme today, which is comedy is life. And uh, then we're going to follow it up with a show on tragedy and uh, the hard things of life and how do we grieve in life and the hard things of life. And we're going to follow up with a show called Tragedy is Life. So it's going to be fun. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited about yeah, tragedy. I'm sure yes. excited about tragedy. <laughs> no, I'm excited about today. Yeah, You're excited. excited. Yeah. But before we get into that, um, just to kind of, if you've been listening to this podcast at all, uh, two episodes ago, we did an episode on transgenderism and bathrooms right. and boycotts and all that kind of stuff. And 
it it sparked a uh, I think it pinched a you know a nerve or I don't know what I'm trying to say struck we, a nerve struck a nerve yes. yeah struck a nerve pinched a nerve <laughs> we made everybody numb everybody's numb everybody's right arm is hanging down because they have a nerve pinch after yes. listening to that um, but it struck a nerve thank you sometimes I lose my thought I'm getting old the older you get I fuzzy everything gets fuzzy I can't remember anybody's name or anything and I don't even know what your guys names are I can't even remember. Uh, did we introduce each other? Uh, we, not uh, yet. No, okay, not so yet. I'm Mark Helsel. Hey, Mark. Hi, how are you? What's your name? John Price. That's John Price. And over here? Marv Nelson. Marv Nelson, back at it. We, and so we're glad that you're here. See, again, I forget. We just told them Mike wasn't here. We yeah, just, Mike's not here. Right. I forget everything. We like to talk about Mike, but not ourselves. That's so that's right. something good. That's, <laughs> that's right. I mean, it's, it's all right. Okay. Even if we're making fun of Mike. We, yes, uh, even when we make fun of him, we, we do remember his name when we're making fun of him. That's good. So going back to that issue, so we did a show on the whole transgender bathrooms, and we had some great guests on, and a lot of people downloaded that show. We've heard some great stories of how yeah. that show is being used to help people work through this issue in their mind, some very personal stories of Absolutely. how people are using it even as ministry to other people, which is great for us. That's what we, we hope for. That's our heart to see happen absolutely now since that episode has was recorded and and published or you know put online the the issue kind of got ramped up a little bit so yep. the federal government came down last week and sent a decree to public schools that who received federal funding um public schools that they would that they have to integrate their bathrooms so and locker rooms and locker rooms, yeah, yeah, which is very interesting. <laughs> right. We're having a little conversation beforehand online. Um, so, so yeah, so that kind of ramped it up a little bit because a couple things. Now that was a federal mandate, which again is hard to enforce, and we'll talk a little bit about that. And and uh, but second of all, it's minors. So right, our show really last week didn't really talk about that at all. But here you have. Minors. I have kids in public elementary school. Me too. So let's talk about this for a moment before we jump into our topic for today. So what do you guys think? Here you have, and now here you have, let's say, elementary schools, middle schools, and high schools who are now told that you have to integrate shower rooms, bathrooms. And again, when we come at this issue, if you listen to the other podcast, uh, we really like the idea that Ryan Phipps had about... Um, making a human bathroom, which was basically individual stalls. The yeah. whole bathrooms were that way. So you had no sex bathrooms, no male, female bathrooms, but you just had a human bathroom or, you know, we've talked about the idea of schools providing uh, a couple unisex bathrooms or unisex stalls or whatever, unisex rooms. Like you have family bathrooms and things right. like that. Yep. But now as the federal government saying that, just carte blanche you have to let boys into girls room girls into boys room right. that kind of throws everything yeah. kind of wow like boom here we go um what do you guys think I, just real quick and how do we do this compassionately how do we how do we treat everybody right it, this seems like almost the the vast majority of people now are subject to to people coming into their bathroom 
Yeah. Which could be very uncomfortable. Well, it's like I said on that one, you know, you think of a middle school boy having the opportunity to pretend to be transgender to go into the locker room or the, the shower room even. with Because you're curious. Girl. You're right. a middle I mean, school boy. Yeah, you're you're, like, there's hey. definitely curiosity. I mean, there's there's been films made about boys' curiosity peeking into girls' shower rooms. I mean, so... I mean, this is a real issue. There was a movie made porkies. about this. Yeah, yeah. Porkies, <laughs> porkies along. <laughs> no more porkies, yeah, right? I know. I mean, no more porkies. Because um, you can just walk in. And that's, that. yep. I think that's the main danger. And, and uh, if there was a way, and, and this is difficult, if there was a way to say, okay, you definitely are transgender. This is how you are identifying as yourself. Because I mean, it's 0.01% of the population or something like that. And, yeah, it's and real low. I it's guarantee it's going to be like eighty-five percent of boys that are pretending to be in the beginning stages of this. Uh, so it's just, you know, there's these questions of are there ways to identify it so it's safe and, and you know that person really is that way, or can we do unisex bathrooms, John? But even if somebody identifies themselves as transgender and is you know is really that's what they see themselves as, doesn't make it right for them to be in their locker room of the opposite sex i mean so if a a guy who who uh biolo- bi- biologically who um sees himself as a girl is in a girl's locker room does that make the girls in there uncomfortable to the point where they can't uh you know use the locker room themselves or vice versa a girl who sees her her biological girl who sees herself as a as a male in the boys uh, locker room is that a safe environment for her to be in? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, because when you think about it, just she she may still be physically a, a female, correct? Whether right. she sees herself as male or not, and if she has to go to the bathroom or shower, usually in high schools the showers are wide open. There's no uh, you know dividers, right? And so that 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 is a very unsafe moment for that one girl. I would say in a, in a high school experience, right? It just sounds like you're kind of courting disaster when you don't need to. Right. Like, it's like, don't make it more. It's already an uncomfortable situation. High school in itself, middle school is already yeah. uncomfortable. Why make it this much more uncomfortable? And to me, it doesn't seem like it, it doesn't seem like it's really an issue of discrimination. Okay. Like we said in the podcast before, if we want to make a place or make a way for people who are struggling or people who identify as transgender to have a bathroom experience that isn't stressful for them too, then why don't we just create a couple unisex bathrooms that anybody can use? I could use them if I wanted to, or a transgender person could use them if they want to. And then nobody's discriminated against and you alleviate this whole issue of, of if you have to go into if you have to go into uh, a, a man's bathroom or a woman's bathroom, like last night right. I went to the, like, I, I really like this idea of having as many unisex bathrooms as possible or whatever, a human bathroom. Cause like last night I went to the pirate game with my three kids right. and I have a girl mm-hmm. and I could not take her. I didn't want to take her into the men's bathroom. Right. And there was only, there was only one unisex bathroom and it was full like right. all the time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There's a lot. Yeah. Right. There was one family. All the bathroom. families are like lined up. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all like, the dads with their daughters are lined right. up at so I had yeah. to have her stand outside while I, you know, and it's, I know it's safe at the ballpark, but, but, you know, it just, it could have, it just felt uncomfortable. So, right. you know, we're not saying, we're not trying to be people that are like, oh, we just got to keep it the way it is. I don't think the way it is, is 
really great either. And and maybe we sh- we need to reconsider things. But to throw girls into guys' bathrooms and guy into girls' bathrooms in public schools doesn't seem very right. helpful. And that's going and on here. And not just bathrooms. We're talking about locker rooms here. Too. Yeah, locker yeah, rooms. Yeah. yeah. And I this mean, is going on in our city right absolutely. now. Tell us a little bit about that. You were- yeah, so we have a school district close by who's going – who is who's already working through this issue as you know even right, before, before this directive this, came right. down, and so um, you know they've been looking at this and seeing you know how can we do this in a way that you know is compassionate but also you know helps our our students feel safe and and all those types of things, and this new directive has has kind of ramped things up a bit where you know where particularly the the parents are saying hey this is you know you know this is putting us past where we feel comfortable going, right? right? And so, you know, there's there's definitely case law um, that um, is in the favor of parents and school districts who are kind of saying, no, this isn't really the direction that we f- feel is is right to go in. And so, um, I'm not sure how how much weight this actually carries, um, right? You know, in terms of the federal government, you know, obviously we'll probably find out. We'll see. Well, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Um, but I think as of right now, case law is on the side of those who would want to be more um, cautious. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, we just wanted to talk about this briefly today because we think it's 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 kind of ramped up over the last couple of weeks since the podcast came out. And, you know, trying to be compassionate at the same time, trying to be just have good judgment, discernment in the midst of this. And I've seen Christians who have said really dumb things online. Yeah. Uh, I've seen people saying really dumb things like, well, you know, when it came to the target boycott thing was like, well, if you let, if you let men into women's bathrooms, transgender, they're going to rape my daughter. And I'm like, there's no cases of that that have ever happened. And, and most of the pedophiles are not transgender people. In fact, I don't know if there's any examples of that out in society. It's mostly, you know, heterosexual men yeah. and most of the times related to the person that they're, mm-hmm. that they're molesting. So um, yeah, we've, we've got to be really smart here and we've got to, we've got to hold on to the truth, but at the same time we can't say things that are stupid right. and we can't say things that are, that are lack compassion. So there's this sense of really trying to be cautious yet uh, gentle in the way in which we respond to this issue. Right. Absolutely. So we know that's a little bit of a heavy topic when we st- our, our theme today is comedy is life, but we Ugh. felt like we, we felt like it'd be doing a disservice if we didn't mention that since it's been uh, such a such a downloaded episode. And I want to encourage you if you haven't heard that episode yet, go back, download it, give it to a friend, recommend it, stream it, whatever. Uh, because episode I think five, right? It was That's, episode five, yeah. Because yeah. I think it's, I think it's a good, a, a good. It'll give you. I learned a lot doing it. Let's just say that I learned a lot. It'll give you some good perspective. So, yeah. hey, coming up, we have Aaron Kleiber, uh, funny guy, and we're really looking forward to that. He's going to be live here in studio. Yeah, For our first live in studio guest is Aaron Kleiber. I think we might be laughing a lot. We're, we're going to laugh a lot. You're going to laugh a lot. So don't go anywhere. We're looking forward to Aaron being here. We'll be right back on post-Christian pastors. Stick around.
Welcome back here on Post-Christian Pastors. Well, we uh, our show today is called Comedy is Life. And man, we have a great guest. We're really looking forward to this guy and hearing from him. And uh, I've known him for a long time. Seems like a long time. But mm-hmm. uh, some of us around the table have known him for a, a while. His name is yep. Aaron Kleiber. Let me tell you a little bit about Aaron. Aaron uh, is a stand-up comedian, actor, and uh, he's become uh, pretty popular out on the circuit of doing stand-up comedy, touring alongside people like Bob Sack. Bob Saget. Bob Saget. Jim Brewer, Harlan Williams, all kinds of people like that. He's been on Gotham Comedy Live, Stand Up and Deliver, Nickelodeon. He does a podcast called Doug's, Doug Loves Movies, along with his own podcast called Grown Dad Business, which is a great podcast. You should listen to it. Um, he's been in feature films. He's done commercials. He's famous. Yeah, he is famous. No, he plays Grover Cleveland in commercials. Every time you come on my TV, that's, I'm like, that's I know that's Aaron, but it's just weird. It and weird. Uh, so he plays Grover C- Cleveland here on the Pennsylvania Lottery. People mostly complain that I ruin Pandora. Yeah, and I'm like, well, if you paid for ad free, you wouldn't hear my voice every 45 minutes. <laughs> yep. He's been named the best local comedian here by Pittsburgh Magazine twice. And he just got off a Norwegian cruise line. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So welcome, Aaron Kleiber. Hey. Yeah. How you doing? I'm good. How was the cruise? I'm, uh, man, it was all right. It was, you know, it, uh, I, I want a paid vacation. <laughs> I want to take my, I, my, my, my wife and I couldn't afford a honeymoon. So you uh, go with you? No, oh. not, not this one, because <laughs> this was my first trial oh, right. trip. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I would like to, there's a lot of old people on the cruise. No, no I mean, there was no. a lot of everybody, but, yeah. uh, there was just, you know, uh, it's the second largest ship, the Norwegian getaway, uh, in the world. And there's 3,900 passengers and a lot That's of, a lot of people, stupid <laughs> Americans. <laughs> and I've concluded that we're the worst. Yeah. We're the worst. Yeah. It's just, it really like going to the buffet is, is black fly Friday, Walmart. It's, Wow. People are fighting over like Jello and like <laughs> what flavor Jello and like <laughs> yeah and like decent steaks <laughs> and waffle fries mediocre steaks and waffle Just, fries like walking fist in, fights yeah like it like at breakfast I never did not spill my cup of coffee because <laughs> people are just like walking around like them waffle irons and they're just like. It, 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 I went to the. I went on a Disney cruise. They were much nicer. Oh, I don't know, I, maybe I, it's just Disney. I, I would love to do that. I was almost <laughs> was able to do that, and then you know it didn't. Whatever. Nice. Well, you uh, you make your living now as a stand up comedian, and you do some acting, like we said, yeah. Gro- Grover Cleveland. Yeah. It's it's an honor to have Grover Cleveland right. on today, it's but a, <laughs> the, the, the president <laughs> the president is on today. Um, so tell just kind of introduction here. Tell us a little bit about. Life as a stand-up comedian. What what is that like to That's make your living as a stand-up comedian? Is it like a mixture of laughter and pure terror? <laughs> you know, like you don't um, know. I mean, knowing where your next job comes from, having to get on stage yes. every every night. Yes. So tell us a little bit about life. Yeah, as- I mean, uh, it's it's a very loaded question. Yes. Uh, you can get more specific if anybody wants to. Okay. But. <laughs> um, but Making a living doing stand-up comedy, I always say, is is stupid. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's stupid. Okay. I mean, it's really it's stupid because, like, you talk 
for an hour and people give you money. <laughs> yeah. Like that's right. It's pastors? like being a pastor. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's just like, um, you, by the way, you're a brave person to come on with three pastors. <laughs> so, I mean, like, I don't you, you don't know what's going to happen. I've, yeah. I've, but, I've been in session meetings fighting with pastors. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if, so have all of us. So yeah, that's a good point. I can handle drunk hecklers. <laughs> uh, Same thing. And you Same guys thing. are wow. nothing. You guys are nothing compared to a 45 year old white woman with nine glasses of wine in her. <laughs> Trust me. Oh wow. That's that by the way, that is the worst audience member of all time. So so go back, tell us a little bit about life as a stand up comedian. I mean, yeah, it's 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 a little crazy and you're right, it's uh it is uh it it's with three kids too, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, a wife. Yeah. Uh, it's it's good though. I mean, it's something that it's when I say that it's it's kind of stupid, it, it's mm-hmm. true because I'm like, I can't believe this. Right. Like someone just paid for me for a plane ticket to go here. And then talk and and complain about my family and kids. And then they give me money. Like, that's that's pretty... Usually you give a uh, therapist your money to do that. That's that's pretty stupid. Well, that's the thing, too, is it it is... is, uh, It's almost like the best therapy I've ever gotten. It really is. Just get it out. Yeah, absolutely. It's You get this angst out where, you know, I don't have... You know, uh, and I embellish a lot about my family. Uh, sure. Sometimes I come off as like an angry dad, uh, and and I've had people be like, "Oh my god, you like you hate your wife and kids," and I'm like, "No, not really. Right. It's very embellished. It's probably like right. little tiny things, and I I blow them up, yeah. and make them bigger than that's they are. That's right. life. That's yeah, right. Funny. That's why both the people that are the funniest take real life things." Blow them up, and I agree. Yeah. I, I the funniest people just talk about what they what they know, right. and I always say like I can only talk about what I know. Um, but it, yeah, it's pretty. Uh, I feel very blessed that I can do something like this um, and make people feel good. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like make people happy. It's pretty cool, um, but it's also dumb. It's like it's just. <laughs> it's like I can't believe this is a thing. Right. Uh, so, but yeah, there are a when lot the of founders things. of the country put together America. I they know. didn't envision stand up. I know comedians. it's amazing. <laughs> it's it's so amazing. It's only in America. Right? Who would have thought that like a court jester would <laughs> yes. turn into like this guy standing on stage in front of a crowd complaining about traffic? Like it's go. just so insane. But it is. Um, it's a job. Yeah, it's a job. A lot of people, you know, if you see a stand up comedian uh, from the audience. You know, you think it's just, oh, you get on stage, you sleep all day, and it's, uh, you know, it's not that easy. I'm at a stage where um, I don't have stand-up management. Uh, I mean, I have an acting agent. You know, I have a corporate booker. But, you know, as far as comedy clubs, like, that's me. That's yeah. me. Yeah. Like and uh, Booking all your own stuff. Yeah. that's It's basically like I'm a salesman. I'm a salesman. Of yourself. Of myself. <laughs> and that's really hard to do and be yeah. humble. Like, it's really like, you're like, no, I'm the best. Like, <laughs> but you like, you're a window salesman, but your product is you. Yeah. You yeah. like, it's like, it's so, it's such a weird thing. Yep. Um, and it's a lot of work. It's a, it, it's a lot of work. And it's a lot of just, just like you would do sales. Just like you would call new members, you know, or like build, uh, building relationships with people in ministry. And I learned a lot of what I'm good at, uh, in standup comedy from ministry, right? Like building good relationships with people and remembering people's names. I remember remembering how to remember (laughs) 200 kids names, sometimes 300 (laughs) kids names. 
Uh, it really helps when I now remember every waitress in this comedy club yeah. or, yeah. you know, the manager's names mm. and being able to be authentic with people and just have a good relationship with them and not have that just like, I just want to come back and make money off you right. or right. like, I want to not being a jerk and yeah, not, right. not using just, people. Just, yeah. You just be you, you yeah. know, and that's, uh, you know, that, you know, but that, that's all part of it. It's cool. selling yourself. Aaron, uh, hearing your story a little bit, you know, I, I wonder if your material. Do you think because uh, you use it from real life? Mm-hmm. I think that, that that's key. Do you yeah. think that because you do that, people laugh because they've seen it, they've experienced it, and so there's like this connection. Like, man, yeah, I've seen that, but not like that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I mean, I think the best stand-up comedians they talk about <clears throat> real life, and yeah. and and you know, I talk about marriage and kids, and I mean most. Everybody can relate to that. Even like I've done colleges. I did. I did. Uh, what was it called? Carlo College. Oh yeah, yeah. It used to be an all girls school. Yeah. Yep, and I, perf- I performed there last year. It's not anymore, right. but I still did a show in front of 150 uh, college kids. 147 were <laughs> females <laughs> under 21, and and so that was a that was a very big uh, like litmus test for me because it was like. Wow, there are 147 college girls here, and I just made them laugh being this 34 year old dad. Yeah, so <laughs> they, they probably see. You still got yeah, it, Aaron. You still it got it. I know. <laughs> no, you're, it's still very relatable. It's right. still yeah. it's still very relatable because those you know, no matter what, you have dads. You know people with kids. You have nieces and nephews. You know you have grandparents. You grew up like right. You know yeah. how that is. So most people can relate to that. Oh, just so you know, Mike Arnold has joined us. So, hi, Mike. How are you? Hi, guys. Good hi, to be Mike. Here. Good hey. to see you. So, Aaron, you, you've mentioned a couple times that you had a background working in the church and ministry. Yeah. What was the transition like from that? I have a degree in it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, was, yeah, sorry. Right, that's right, you do. Yeah. yeah. So, how's it? How's I want to know sh- what the response to that is, too, out, in the, out when you're out there and people say, what, did you go to college for? Wide ministry. eyes. Yeah. Wide <laughs> eyes. <laughs> like, that's actually a degree? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, what? adolescent ministry. and <laughs> Like some counseling, minor in counseling, and they're like, "Are you being funny right now?" (laughs) No, it's always like, like, well, yeah, it's always like a weird, like, what, like that's, (laughs) and then every once in a while they were like, you know, because if people get to know me, you know, they're like, "Oh, I knew there was something. I knew you. There was some of that. I knew you had some of that in you. Some of that Jesus stuff. Some of that Jesus stuff. Serum." Whatever. Serum. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Mike. But what was that? What was that transition like? Going from like min- church ministry to you know being an actor, comedian, having to sell yourself, that type of kind of lifestyle. Well, that's another loaded question. You guys are very specific, uh, and you know you're really uh, you're really uh, addressing like six years of my yeah, life. Right. Yeah. Uh, you but, have to do it within a couple minutes. You have to answer. Yeah. Yeah. The I got you. Um, so no, uh, what it was is, uh, you know, I did, I did work in churches, uh, for quite a while and, um, that didn't work out. I just, I, I don't know how, how deep of it, how, how well, deep we're interested yeah, in that. How deep of an answer do you want? Work out? Yeah, yeah. How did it not work out? Um, well, you three know, of us have worked at the yeah, same church. It kind of hasn't worked yeah, out yeah. for us either. Yeah. We're just hanging on. Yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, it's, uh, Man, it's hard to articulate sometimes, but you know, I I, I I reached a point where I was somewhere where um, I felt like the pastor was fake. Mm-hmm. He was fake, and and um, I know all about being fake. 
Like I know, I mean, I was a pathological liar growing up. I mean, I was, I was a thief. I was, I mean, I was a bad kid before Jesus. I was a bad kid. That's why I was really great speaking at retreats. (laughs) You were the, you were the testimony kid. I mean, I I got, I got saved at an all black revival in Homestead. Nice. Like, like I was that kid and uh, you and Charlie batch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, I I knew I knew uh, you know it's like a, a player can spot a player you okay. know what I mean yeah oh sure and so when you see someone like that that has that job I didn't like that yeah. like okay. that's you know when you see someone like that that they are you know they have some you know you know uh, like a wolf in sheep's clothing right I'm just like oh I can see through you right like because mm-hmm. <laughs> like and nobody else could and it was it's very frustrating and yeah. sometimes I mean sometimes those people that come from that kind of background and have played that game yeah actually become really good pastors absolutely. authentic pastors because they 100% like agree. you said they know the game they, absolutely they know it and they know what they want to stay away mm-hmm. from or or like you said they got Change, their life change, and right, so right, right. they can spot that in well, people, and that makes them really good pastors. Yeah, actually. you're absolutely right. I mean, I worked in, a, in an after-school program, and I worked in ministry, you know, in Homestead for years as a leader and as, like, an intern, and, like, you know, like some some kid from the streets who was 14 would come up, and they'd be like, Aaron, go talk to him. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know how to talk to him. I'm like, okay. Like, yeah. that's, of course, it, right. it does. Uh, it does help. Um, but so there was a lot of that and, uh, it just, it just got, it got frustrating. It got, it also, it also, I, I felt like I was being fake. Mm. Right. Like I, a lot of working at churches, it feels like politics. Mm-hmm. It's where it's like, this is not who this person is because we can all sit around together at a bar and have a drink and you're, we're a certain person, you know, it's like right. you can sit around with a bunch of like Christian friends and you're a little more uh, relaxed or like maybe blue until like, you know, you're like, you know, you, you talk like regular adults, right. Yeah. right? but then when you're in the lobby greeting people or where you're, you know, yeah. where, when Lessons, you're, brother. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When you're on, when you're on stage <laughs> preaching, when you're talking to a group of people, you have on your pastor mask. Right. And I could not do that anymore. Right. Like, okay. I could not, like, like you know, for instance, when, when this pastor's like, you know, that mom, that mom is really upset with you, and you need to go apologize to her for doing this. And I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, she, like. She, she's annoying. Yeah, like she's wrong. She's a jerk. Right, right. And you know, it's like go. I'm like no. Yeah, I'm like that. No. Did I, you feel like the church forced you then to be fake in a sense? Like it was forcing you to be. No, fake. I think I think a lot of it is the culture of working in a church. Right. Yeah, I the think culture. It's, kind yeah, of. I think it, I think it's like a thing. Yeah. It's a right. thing that you have to do. Uh, in a lot of places, I don't, uh, you know, like I, I wrestle with that too. Because when I was growing up uh, as a kid, I came from a very rough background mm. with my parents getting divorced, right. <clears throat> excuse me, and whatnot. But but I made a choice then to be a pastor that's not like that, right? To right. live differently. I mean, right. uh, you know, because because I think that 
those masks. Are you I guys all going to give a defense now no, that you're no, no, not no. this person? No, 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 no I'm just, I'm just kidding. No, I'm kidding. No, Marv, Marv is that person. <laughs> <Okay>. no. <laughs> yeah, I'll be the only person that pulls off a literal mask. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yes, it comes up like it's Mission Impossible. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. like V, you're a lizard thing. underneath. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually, I love V. Yeah. I love V was awesome. That's that a one great baby reference. was born. I'm just saying, you're talking the 80s V. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, I agree that that the church has a propensity to do that. But I think that as pastors, we have to make that, like, we can't right. continue to perpetuate that. Right, right. Because then, you know, a student comes in and they see the fake person. Absolutely. And millennials are really good at finding out who's fake really quick. Or just, yeah. They, they have, like, fake absolutely. dar. Absolutely. Fake dar. Fake dar. <laughs> yeah. And fake so dar. that's one of the things absolutely. that I think is is something that we need to change. Yeah. Since we're on the whole church thing, so talking about this, I'm, I'm sorry, you, you might talk about this a lot, I don't know, in your conversations. Okay. You get in, out in, doing stand-up comedy and stuff like that. So um, you're a Christian. You're sure. You're a follower. Well, you don't, a lot of people don't use that word. I, I get that. I love Jesus. You love Jesus, right. And, and, I love and again, Jesus. You're a Jesus he's a pretty, lover. He's a pretty awesome and right, guy. Maybe that word, maybe that normal. word's been That's ruined. Yeah. Follower yeah. of Jesus, <laughs> lover of Jesus, because... Because that Christian word has gotten ruined, and that's why actually post-Christian pastors, we kind of use that title too, is um, you, you are a follower of Jesus, but you're not a Christian comedian. No. Put it in, put it in, put it in. <laughs> no, it in. please Come. and thank you. Right. So, you want to come do the marriage retreat? So, <laughs> no. <laughs> so tell me, so tell me, like... That's a real answer. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I, 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 you know, I know so many people that work for churches, yeah. and they just stopped asking me after right. pretty much everyone asked me. Right. right. They're like, "Oh, you're comedian out. Like, you should do our after prom." And I'm like, "That sounds terrible." <laughs> like, no. What's an after? They're like, "You prom? should do our men's retreat." And I'm like, "Can it be PG-13? Can I talk about sex or alcohol?" No. And I'm like, "Well, that's dumb because all of those guys <laughs> drink alcohol and have sex with people. Yes. So that doesn't make any sense." That's not real life. Right. How, why would you have to do a men's retreat that's PG? Know, like, that right? doesn't even so, make sense. I know. So tell me. Churches. I know. Stupid <laughs> pastors. So tell me. So tell me. You can't talk about sex. How did you guys get it? How do, what? Yeah, that's good. That Nobody drinks. Never when when Never we preach happened. about sex, we don't say the word sex. That's we right. say intercourse. Oh, my God. It's a beautiful for joining. <laughs> they become Be, one. Come on, becoming one. He knew her. <laughs> he knew her. Yes, As Adam right. knew Eve. The, so, so on the, the on the on the sense. Wait, 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 legit, let, me let me finish my question. Yeah. Oh man, crap! I just wanted to say this. <laughs> okay, go ahead. So, so my son yesterday, he's seven. He comes down the stairs and he's reading my book, which is weird. And he's like, "Hey, he just Dad, promoted his book. No, again. no, 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 yep. no. Again, you don't even know what it is. Got it in there. He just he said he said, Dad." What's the word S-E-X? Ooh, and I was like, yeah, sex. Definitely. He's like, what does it mean? And I said, we're going to talk about that later. We got to go to church. <laughs> <That's> a- <laughs> we'll talk about it. In about it. three yeah, years, we'll talk about I don't want to talk about that at all with my kids. <laughs> at all. Okay, so, so back to the my yeah, okay, Christian or yeah, yeah, yeah. follower of Jesus. We'll use Christian yeah. just for the sake yeah, of yeah. the word. Um, but not a Christian comedian. But how does, how does your faith in Christ... How does that affect how you do your stand-up, um, what you talk about, what sure. you won't talk about? Sure. Because um, I get, I, I'm sure that if people find out that you right. love Jesus, they've got all kinds of preconceived right. notions about that in the industry that you're in. Sure. How do you navigate that, and how do you navigate that in your own life? What, what uh, you-, you know, I think part of it now is um, it's 
it was very it, it wasn't like a, a defining moment, but I kind of just started to just let go and trust that the spirit kind of guides me. Right. And I've always thought about like praying continually, you know, is right. a thing that it's not, you know, you're just walking around like, oh, bless that person. Oh, bless that person. <laughs> oh, they're, they're, they broke down. And the, I, I think a lot of it just is having an open communication with the Holy Spirit yep. and just living in that. And um, I think I'm uh, being much less intentional uh, of just a lover of people uh, has actually helped me. Um, and that opens you up to, you know, uh, to maybe, you know, do or say things you don't want to do. Right. But I mean, whatever, like there was one perfect person in the Bible. So whatever, (laughs) get off my back. Like, you know, um, right. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's just be kind of like, just kind of just living and, and it's like, wow, like I think, uh, I think, uh, you know, this is who I'm supposed to be, and I feel good. Right. And I feel like that if you if if you start to sense that the spirit is not moving in you, in your passions, in your decisions, and things like that, I think that that's when you need to start. Like you know, you kind of check yourself. But it's always it's always helpful that like my wife is awesome, and I have right. I I have a uh, a longtime friend that is still kind of uh, he's my he's my pastor. Right. He's like my he's one of my he's he's my spiritual like best friend. Right. And I talk to them a lot and I call them and you know, uh, you know, it's not like it's it's not like the the cheesy accountability partners we used to <laughs> I used to you know, it's not it's just have like you a thought friend. dirty thoughts this week. That's right. <laughs> yes, I have. Right now yes, since I you have. walked in the room, Mike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well Dirty Thoughts of Murder. Uh, yeah, yeah. The Cleveland Browns fan that yeah, he is. Yeah. Yes. Weird uh, man. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, does that make sense? I, yeah, I feel I, like it's it's it is very less intentional, and um, yeah, I, I I feel good about that. Good. I feel like I, I trust who I am, and uh, you know, I feel like I've surrounded myself with you know, my wife is very supportive, and right. You know, very. I mean, we compliment each other, and you know, she goes to church for me, so that's cool. <laughs> she goes to church for you. Yeah. So do you get weird? Do you get weird? Do you get weird responses from people like who find out you when you say those words? I'm a, a, a lover of Jesus. Like, tell me, do you have any stories of being, you know, people you've yeah, met out I mean, on the road or their backgrounds, their spiritual backgrounds? Yeah, I. You know, I feel like I get to know people, and when we have a conversation and uh, someone brings it up, or if I say something that sounds spiritual, they're like. You know, uh, and I'm I'm very good at it now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like sometimes where I, I don't feel this intentionally, but sometimes you feel like you've gotten really good at being undercover. Yeah, uh, if that makes any sense. Yeah. But I don't feel that way at all. I just I'm I'm a person who tries to love God and love people and just lives in the world. Like it's not like a intentional thing. But um, I think what happens is when when I start getting to know someone if I'm on the road or you know making friends with a comedian or whoever like the sound guy mm-hmm. the doorman I mean you you make micro relationships everywhere you go when you travel to different clubs and you know you sure. go out to lunch with the openers and you know um and I think after you, they get to know you and something like that comes up they're just like oh oh I get it yeah like it's I I guess it's just like it's I don't know it's weird talking about myself but it's like oh you're just Oh, I like that's just who I am. Right. So I'm glad that they, you know, like, oh, that explains it. Yeah. That explains why you're a cool guy. <laughs> that's why explains why you're not a jerk all the yeah, time, right? Yeah, I, I guess so. Like, I don't Actually, wanna... see, I thought it would be the opposite. I thought they would find out 
that you have this background and go, oh, we, I don't like those kind of people. I don't like Christians. I don't like. Nope. I don't well, like they, and they've seen your life, though. And then, then they find out after they've seen your life mm-hmm. a little bit. I think that that's, that's the part of this whole incarnational, missional yeah. type of movement is living among people. And then when you have the opportunity yeah. to share the gospel, like, oh. Okay. It's not even like, but I don't even, I never even say the word like sharing or evangelizing. Right, right. I just, I just be. Right. I'm just who I am. And I have, you know, I trust that I have a spirit guiding me and just be. Yeah. There's no like, there's no like, oh, this door guy, he's, uh, I, mean, <laughs> I wonder if he knows about. He needs to know the gospel. This, this chapter 12 in Matthew. I don't, I don't know. No, I think it, it, you're much more organic than, well, yeah, than well, some, I, kind absolutely. Of, some kind absolutely. of. Absolutely. Thing yeah, like it's that. just, I don't know, it's just be who I am. I wanted to shift gears really quickly. This is a question, and I'll stop asking questions. Uh, but please, I thought it was, please. I thought it was important to ask. Is this about your book? <laughs> have you guys, read my book? Guys, relax. Aaron, have you read his book? So, What's the ISBN uh, number? So the, Amazon it. <laughs> so anyways, numbers, you know. Like I have a this, crate of them in my house. <laughs> so does he. Yeah. Come on, guys. <laughs> Man, oh, bam. here's the thing. If you've ever listened to the show, you know I'm always the, the butt of all the jokes. <laughs> You're the youngest. I, I already whatever. picked that up, yeah. and I've already participated. Yes, thank you. So, but but to kind of get to a, a, something that I've noticed in in uh, yeah. comedians' lives, you yeah. know, uh, why do you think many comedians struggle with depression? Um, that's something that's been out there a lot, and maybe maybe it's a false drug use. Maybe it's a, a false story. Maybe not. That's might not be true. But I know that you know, like Robin um, Williams and some other of these guys that were very famous and popular. It's a struggle that they had. Yeah, I think um, I think a lot of uh, it's not just comedians. I think it's people. Right. I, I mean, people. People. Uh, there's a lot of uh, people miss something. Yeah. They're all missing something, and if, especially if they've been wounded by something. There's something. There's some hole in their heart, and you know, people that uh, I feel like you know, they've comedy has filled that hole for so long, and it kind of has drained out like sand. I think. I yeah. think. You know, there's, you know, it's like comedy is not getting rid of this problem, mm. you know, mm. and you can only get so much attention to become so famous where it's just not working anymore. Cause, you know, you wonder, you know, cause people always ask, like, you know, like, oh, Amy Winehouse and, you know, whatever, you know, uh, who, like Heath Ledger, they're so rich, they're so famous. Right. That doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. It's just like, it, it doesn't matter. Britney Spears had a lot of money and she's still cray. Yeah. Like, it doesn't. It, I don't think she's cray anymore. There's, she cray. You know, and, and I've talked to people about that, comedians, you know, in comedy clubs, and I'm like, people were broken. Yeah. Right. There's some, like, there's, there's, there's things that you need something positive in your life to, you know, to live for. And, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell people that that's God. Like, I'm, I'm like, I'm not. Like, I'm like, I could say for me, yeah. for me, like, that's, like I believe in Jesus, and I I think you know God wants me to be a certain type of man, right. and that's what I do. That's what that's what I live for. That's what I hope to be. You yeah. know, but you know, other people they are happy. They are happy in their own right without God. They are. Right. I mean, there's some people find things they live for their family, whatever. You could argue that that, that all trickles down, but right. uh, that whatever you know, whatever good in the world does trickle down to an existence in God and good things. 
whatever, but you know, I'm not going to tell them that because they're like, okay, relax. Uh, you're a comedian. Now, you're not a philosopher. Hey, be a, be, you're the funny guy. Hey, comedians, yeah. comedians philosophize. Yeah, they do. Yeah, Come they on. Do. Comedians oh. are modern day right. philosophers. They are. They are. I think so. Yeah, I mean, agree with that. who else is uh, not getting arrested for complaining about the government and complaining about, <laughs> you know, things and, and speaking truth and, you know, you know. Yeah. It's, it's very accepting. Yeah. The road, like being out on the road, mm-hmm. that's a hard life too. I mean, yeah. for a lot of people, if they're out yeah. all the time. That's uh, that's probably the... the it could be lonely. Very. Yeah, that's, that's the number one question my wife gets. Oh. The number one question, like... How do you how do you deal with him traveling so much and working all the time? And you know, actually, uh, I'm home more than most nine to five dads. Mm-hmm. If right. you think about it, like I'm just gone sometimes from Thursday to Sunday. Right. But when I'm home, you're home. Like I'm to home sometimes weeks in a row. You know, I'll do a fundraiser show near my house, and that takes you know a whole weekend up or whatever. Right. But like when I'm home, I'm home for like all day, like three yeah. meals with my kids and my wife. My wife is now a stay at home mom. Like, you know. I, I'm home. I pick my daughter up from school. I walk her to school. I drive my son to school. Like we go to the gym together. Like me and my wife. Like yeah. we're together all the time. Yeah. I'm so happy. I'm not a nine to five dad. <laughs> right. Because you're you, if you're a nine to five dad, like what do you come home five thirty six o'clock? You got little kids. They go to bed at seven thirty. Yeah. So you have dinner and then thirty minutes and then they go to bed. Right. And then on Saturday and Sunday, you're cutting the grass and painting the house and staining the deck and whatever. Like so. <laughs> some I don't, some I don't, men do that. Yeah. I, I know. I'm, I'm not that man. <laughs> yeah. I stay the deck. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Aaron, I got a question for you. You yeah. know, I think a lot of people listen. I was listening. about to tell you, Mike, to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You talk too much. That oh. is great. Um, you're, in, you're in timeout because you're late. Right. I was. Yeah. I felt okay. bad about it. He was staining uh, his deck. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what a man. That's his I was code. about to ask you, are you That's funny all the time? Are you funny on no. the table? Are you no. funny on the gym? No. 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 I go to the gym. I put my hood up and I put my headphones in and leave me alone. You don't make, make the kids laugh at the dinner table or no. anything like that? Oh, yeah. My kids. I mean, yeah. that's, I mean, my kids are fun with close friends. I mean, we'll goof off and stuff like that. But after you start being funny for a living, <laughs> you, I also learned, I also learned in life, like you go through stages, like it's like, you know, your freshman in high school, you're just really annoying. Like middle school, you're really, really annoying. And then you 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 get a little smarter. Did you and get then, paid for this, man? Yeah, I know. <laughs> and then like, and then high school, you get obnoxious. Like then you're just obnoxious. <laughs> you're an obnoxious teenager. And then I reached a point where I was like, oh, this is kind of funny. Like this. Then you start being mm-hmm. funny. And then once you start doing being funny professionally, you you see other people that are funny and you're like, oh man, like I was that guy. <laughs> like, and you don't want to be that guy all the time. Right. Like you right. realize how annoying it is. Right. Sure. Once you like, once you actually start looking at your, your humor as a science and like, as like a thing, like you critique, you're like, oh yeah, like I should harness that and right. not just well, right. all right. the time. Right. Sure. Because that's annoying. So like the well, youth pastors that are at conferences and, you, mm-hmm. and you're a youth pastor and you oh, go and you hilarious. see those people you're like, oh man. Oh I yeah, I know. Oh man, well, I can't. Well, here's my, here's my <laughs> question <laughs> for you. Oh Let me my gosh. Back around. <laughs> I want to see how long I can stand around like a youth specialties conference <laughs> without being like, you guys are the worst. Shut up. You're not that funny. I was there. I remember. It doesn't yeah. take very long. Many, those, those get go to Young Life. Uh, I used to work there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Many people listening probably have been in a conversation where they've maybe felt like they've gone too far and maybe stepped over a line. How do you determine what material is right for you, what you will do, and what you won't do? Yeah, playing? I don't, you know, uh, you know, I always say, like, 
you know, a conversation you always have with comedians uh, or with like bookers or something, you'll do like a corporate show or you do something like that. Like I just did the cruise ship and, you know, 11 o'clock shows. I'm using this as an example. Like, you know, the 11 o'clock shows are adult shows and, you know, the headliner's like, well, how dirty do you get? And I'm like, I swear like any adult, but I don't, I don't do, uh, I cannot say the words on this podcast, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like as a, as a phrase, yeah, as a phrase, as a, you know, as a thing in comedy, we all say like, I don't do this, 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 this dirty adjectives, right. um, sex acts. Right. Uh, yeah. and they're like, Oh, okay. Like, Oh, you're not, you're not blue. And like, uh, I don't do, I just don't because I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I just don't. I always say like to comedians, like, they're like, oh, you don't, you're not like, you're not dirty. And I'm like, no, I just don't have it in me. That's yep. what I always well, say. You I'm just be like, I don't. To who you are. I, mean, that's, I, mean, that's, I don't even think about it. I just don't write it. Yeah. Like, right. I've written a couple dirty jokes that I thought that was pretty funny, and I would give them to my friend. Like, I would give them to another <laughs> comic. You know, I'm like, you do it. I'm yeah. like, ah, oh, this is pretty funny, but this isn't me. You know, like, yeah. uh, like I thought of something really funny. You know, you do this, and you know, like I, I, I came up with a dirty joke and gave it to Stevo. Like I, like <laughs> it's true. He would Steve-o. do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you don't know who Stevo is? No, I do. Stevo oh, Jackass. That yeah. was that yeah. was recognition, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. so give us, so give us the, you know. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I just don't write it. You know, and and even if I do like any kind of sex jokes, it's just in my own life, and it's kind of silly. Right, you know, it's I make it very silly. Like I've heard your whole bit about date night with your wife. You know, where you're on oh, like two uh, couches and oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's I do a funny. bit. Of, I do a bit about how married people have sex in the dark. Yeah, you know. Uh, <laughs> so, Aaron, give us uh, give us one of your best moments out on the road. One of the funniest, best, funnest moments you have on have uh, had out on the road, man. and then give us one of the worst. Okay. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I've, I've been, I've been really lucky to experience a lot of cool things. I mean, a lot of it is just kind of just becoming friends with some of my heroes. Mm-hmm. I mean, like some people that I really loved and looked up to, uh, you know, when, uh, you know, when Jim Brewer called me mm-hmm. and From Saturday Night Live, right? Yeah. And when he was like, Hey, um, I'm touring all spring for like three months and do you want to open for me? Wow. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like I opened for him. Him and I actually let me let me preface this real quick. Him and I uh, I opened for him in Pittsburgh, and him and I got along very easily because I had former youth ministry students come and see me, which is always kind of yeah. that happens a lot more <laughs> than you think. Uh, John has a great story about that. Kind of. <laughs> do you know? Do you want? Do you know? Do you know what my my go to answer is? Because it's happened a lot. I mean, yeah. I I've you know I've done I did program at Jamonville and Laurelville yeah, and Surf yeah. City for I was a speaker when you did yeah, years you were Seven, a Russian, years. Russian I mean, guy yeah yeah years yeah. years so that's tens of thousands of kids <laughs> yeah. so when they see this program guy is at the improv once a month for two years they come and see me yeah got so, the Christian t-shirt yeah so. <laughs> So Lord's and that uh, and that Lord's actually it, it it did kind of it get to it got to me a little bit sometimes like mm-hmm. I was just like ah man like I don't have time to explain myself to any of these kids right ah they get it like it's you know it's uh, I, I I had to get over that I was with Jim outside of the Pittsburgh Improv you know saying hi to people and these kids came up and were like he was our youth pastor and Jim looked at me he was like <laughs> <laughs> he was like oh really he was like you were a youth pastor he go I was like yeah he goes. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> he goes, we'll have to chat. <laughs> I was like, okay. So tell, wh- all right. So Where that go from there? we went out to dinner and we 
talked for three hours about faith and God, and you know, it's something that's not very public with him. Um, his wife, you know, runs Bible studies and things in, in the big mega church in New Jersey, and huh. we just got along. Yeah. We got along really well, and cool. uh, believe in like some of the same things, and um, you know, that was kind of neat. That's how we kind of got connected and, and got to be friends, and. Uh, you know, and when someone like him, you know, takes you on tour for a couple months and yeah. you drive from city to city in a minivan with Jim Brewer, uh, <laughs> awesome. you know, uh, it's just, it's crazy. Um, and then, you know, Jim calling me, uh, like, and leaving a voicemail, waking up to a voicemail. It's like, hey, uh, um, I'm hosting Gotham Comedy Live and I want you to have your first TV spot. You know, things like that where it's like, you know, and people like him or, you know, people like I'm very good friends with Harlan Williams now, another mm-hmm amazing comedic actor that's like i like this bit this bit is one of my favorite comedy bits of all time and i'm like that's harlan williams um you know uh, driving around you know and like getting tipsy with tommy davidson you know from in living color and and and, you know and then driving him home in my wife's hyundai elantra with two car seats in it (laughs) that was actually the first starstruck moment i've ever had that was one of my questions they asked you if you had a starstruck moment that was my first starstruck moment and it's really weird because before that i've done a lot of stuff i've done some movies and i've met nick nolte and that never really wasn't a big deal and it was just because i was so influenced by in living color like so like Mm. in living color and martin were like my jams Uh, and i went to you know a very diverse high school so i would you know i would go to school every day and like make all the black kids laugh because that's how you that's how you get along (laughs) if you don't fight you'd be funny like that's how i grew up (laughs) so i would i would go and go in and do same for pastors yeah yeah, absolutely Like, I would go to school and do in Living Color characters and, cool. and do Martin, and they'd be like, oh, he crazy. <laughs> we love this dude. And so, yeah, I was, I was hanging out with Tommy Davidson. I'm in my wife's Gondé Elantra <laughs> with two car seats in the back, and I look at Tommy Davidson. I'm like, I am driving around my, uh, my wife's little car with car seats in it with Tommy Davidson. <laughs> this is crazy. And I was just like, it, you just had that moment where you're like, holy crap. Yeah. Like you're like, what? That was, uh, yeah. And I actually, and, and another time, I didn't get starstruck by Bob Saget until my wife met him. Yeah. And my wife was super starstruck. Yeah. And, it, and seeing her, how excited she was, and she's like, oh my gosh. And I'm <laughs> like, house. no, that's your job. That's what you're, you're allowed to like take pictures with yeah. celebrities. I don't I do, do that. that. Right. I don't do that. They're my friends and peers, right. you know? And uh, you're allowed to do that. And so when I saw her starstruck, I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> Yeah, Full House was the big. Oh deal. yeah, this is Bob Saget. Yeah, this is Bob Saget. Like I don't like. Oh yeah, like I'm like, why are you acting like this? And it like really hit me. Like oh shoot, yeah, like I'm friends with him. <laughs> I did forgot about that. Um, so what was what? Those are great moments. What about worst? worst? Yeah, uh, you have any really bad moments where you're like, you this know, is just horrible. You know, I, I've had so much. Uh, experience in improvising and making things work especially with with like teenagers working there and also just uh in improv you know it doing so much improv it's like when i was backed into a corner when i was at a bad show i just it just kicks in where you just you find the funny (laughs) right like you just you make any do say anything uh and not say anything you know like uh you know but you just you just you get it you just get there have you ever had a really small audience like, oh yeah absolutely. it's like when nobody shows up for church absolutely you know, absolutely I, I i uh well worst audience ever i was opening for a friend of mine uh comedian ryan dalton really funny dude and uh we had i don't care i'll say cities i don't care i'm never going back right. there ever again because <laughs> that comedy club closed so uh 
It was, uh, oh my gosh, I just went blank. It's in Tennessee, uh, not Knoxville. Uh, oh my gosh. Nashville. Nashville. No, no, not Nashville. Nashville's club is Memphis, awesome. Louisville. Johnson City. What the heck? Chattanooga. 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 Oh my God. <laughs> the worst, dumbest audience I have ever seen. Keep like, going. Keep going. The wor- I mean, they were so dumb. Like, there's, like, I am not a smart comedian. Right. Like, George Carlin is a very smart comedian. Yes, very you have to good wordsmith. Yeah. Right. I am not a wordsmith. I'm talking about, like, making people laugh about diapers and, like, you know. Right. These people, like, they didn't get anything. Like, nothing. Like, they were so bad. They were so bad. And what I mean is, like, I've never bombed because, you know, I've always, you know, find something to be funny. And I was just like, you guys are hopeless. You guys are the worst. And then, like, there's you just start insulting them. Oh, absolutely. And that's funny. Well, and then, then, like, a whole group of people, like, three or four groups of people are just so hammered. Um, Hecklers are not a problem. People are like, oh, you get heckled? Heckler's not a problem. You can deal with them very easily. It's when people are drunk, that's when it's the worst because they're, they don't even, they don't even, they can't register that you just insulted them in front of 400 people. <laughs> right. Like they don't even, like the whole crowd is like, oh shoot. Like, ah, this, and they're just like, I don't care about like, nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, keep saying they'll that. keep going. They don't yeah. care. Uh, but like that's, uh, but this crowd also had these groups of drunk people and they, like a lot of times comedy clubs will warn someone once very nicely, then twice, twice as sternly. And then third, you're out. Yeah. You pay your check and you leave. Like, you know, that's it. This club, the door staff, I, they were all out back next to the dumpster smoking jo- a joint. I don't know. The staff was ghost. They were gone. You were there just, by yourself. Oh, you were, yeah. You and were the headline survivor. Ryan is looking around like, I'm just having converse, like <laughs> juggling conversations with different groups of drunk people. <laughs> like sometimes you deal with like one drunk. This is like, Cohorts of <laughs> cohorts drunk. of drunk. Yeah, I'm using ministry family. buzzwords now. Yeah, I'm a uh, Chattanooga and a cohort of drunk there's people. Small accountability groups of drunk people <laughs> making sure they're drunk. Thanks like, for thanks for Christian and I. Yeah, yeah right. I'm trying. <laughs> and it's just like Christian. I'm just like talking to them, like juggling this, and it's just. And then you know the the ten percent of the audience that's actually enjoying themselves are like, "What is happening?" <laughs> and and Ryan's looking at me like, "I don't even know." Like like the headliner's like, "I'm about to kick people out." Like, yeah, you were the opener. Yeah, oh my and God. so like I slugged through. I don't even think I did twenty five. I think I did twenty one. <laughs> and like and I bring up the headliner, and the headliner like he's coming down, like looking at me, and then we go for like the handshake, and he's just like bleep and bleep this he's like and we still to this day like i see him in la and he's like chattanooga bro (laughs) chattanooga (laughs) yeah um but you know um so any any listeners we had in chattanooga are now gone yes okay Uh, they don't they don't (laughs) don't listen to this they don't probably they don't want to better themselves anymore they're not not listening to this podcast so Uh. Yeah, I just tore down a whole city. <laughs> a whole, a whole I don't city. care. That comedy club is closed. <laughs> that state is closed it's now. That's probably why it's closed. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Do you, yeah. Do you, staff's ghost. So uh, do you think that as this, you know, people talk a lot about, um, they, look at, they look at Jesus, they look at it as a person that was always very serious. Yeah. But do you think Jesus was funny? Do you think he was... Do you think he? Uh, do you think there was humor in what he did? Do you think that? I mean, any- I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I. I don't know. 
I don't yeah. know him. I imagine that if he was, uh, <laughs> I think it was funny. I think it was funny. I, I think I think that uh, there there's got to be there's got to be some humor to uh, you know somebody who's able to have really great authentic relationships with people and people you know right for someone to get them uh, to follow them and you know uh, you know yeah I mean you kind of have to be a, a well-rounded person. And I think that's right. having a sense of humor. I mean, I, I remember th- reading some of, you know, some of the things Jesus said, I think sometimes he had a smirk on his face, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, actually you guys. <laughs> uh, so, and he would like look around at the disciples, like, you know what I'm saying? Like the Pharisees, am I right? And, uh, and they're like, he's right. <laughs> he called you a brood of vipers, you yeah. idiots. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So well, there's there's a couple of books that I you know I think are are pretty interesting in this this question of, of is Christ funny the humor of Christ and then the humor of Jesus sources of laughter in the Bible because I think I mean Jesus he, he had he, in order to make really good points sometimes you absolutely have to use humor I mean because sure. cause it, it opens people up it, it, it gives them an, a, a new window into them that you right. can can reach in and he used like talking about the the two by four in a guy's eye trying to pick out sawdust out of another right. guy's the image that you see in that is is hilarious sure uh, you know and so I mean I I think uh, that, that Jesus really was yeah. quite quite humorous and many people would say that preaching is like stand up com- comedy sometimes where absolutely. people actually have to get up absolutely and, and enter in so yeah. have you ever seen like a a preacher that you think is actually funny? Uh, yeah. I mean, like, I, yeah. I mean, I think I, I remember first seeing Mark. Like, Mark's a pretty funny guy. Yes. I remember, you know, Sometimes. you are. You, uh, I remember your, your, what's your slide story? The water slide story. The water story. slide story is <laughs> a funny. famous, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's like a Laurel story Hill you would story. tell on stand up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I yeah, think, absolutely. I think preachers, I think the, you know, preachers. It's about and, connecting and, yeah, and right. good, good pe- preachers, good pastors know. Yeah. And you have to feel humor, the audience. And, humor is this thing that connects people. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Pre- preachers and comedians, I think. In our culture, I think comedians have a great. They can really speak. They they really like you said they they pick out truth, sure. and they they have this great ability to call things what they are and right. to speak truth into it. I think good pastors can do the same sure. thing. Absolutely. Um, C.S. Lewis talked about um, uh, how uh, he told stories like myths and fables and things mm-hmm. uh, because he said when he told those stories and fables that people's watchful dragons came down. Mm. So he, he, he would say it's that there term. were these dragons yeah. that kind of stood outside your heart that kept new ideas right. and things from truth from getting in, but through stories and metaphors and things right. like that, that the watchful dragons like fell right. asleep. And sure. so then like truth and absolutely could get I mean, in. I think comedians can do that through I mean, laughter and humor and metaphors. George Carlin was a political activist. Like I've gotten off stage and I more than a couple dozen and people are like, you sound like a preacher. I'm like, well, that's <laughs> funny thing you say that. Uh, In a previous life, yeah. I was. Yeah. Hey, Aaron, um, most people see you as like a funny guy, right? I mean, that's your yeah, kind sure. of up front. Yeah. You know? Except in Chattanooga. Except in Chattanooga. It my fault. I'm not big in Chattanooga. You need a shirt that says I'm not big in Chattanooga. Whenever you make it big, whenever you make it big, you need to. You're gonna to have to apologize for this I, I, podcast to Chattanooga. Yeah, I, I think one of my goals is to to make it big enough where I can play a theater in Chattanooga <laughs> and tell that story. And uh, tell that story, oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, go ahead, John. No, so yeah, people see you as a funny guy. What what is something or some things that you are uh, passionate or serious about that people might not know about? My life is my family and comedy. That's it. 
And most of my comedy is my family. It's providing for them. Mm-hmm. Like I, I started, I started like really pursuing acting and stand up when my first child was six months old, about you know seven years ago. And I think I ran into you at Panera that like right when as you were making oh, that transition I was, I was, that we were talking about. Oh yeah, I was yeah, at yeah. I was at Panera three four days a week <laughs> yeah. writing jokes, yeah. writing whatever scripts. I don't know whatever I was doing. Um, but yeah, I mean it's uh, you know I always I always you know, have conversations with comedians and they're like, wow, like how are you where you're at in stand up? And you've been only been doing it almost seven years. And I'm like, well, kids really kick you in the butt, man. <laughs> like when you got to, when you, when other people rely on you to pay bills, mm-hmm. that really makes you do what you need to do. And my wife was supportive in saying like, you know, you to make a living, but also make a living doing what I love. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, getting attention from people, uh, which is really what it is. It is absolutely. And I, and I've said this before a couple years ago when I did a, an article, I think for the post Gazette, uh, or no, it was in Pittsburgh magazine. And, uh, I, they said, why did you, why did you go from being like a youth pastor to a stand up comedian? And I said, I'm too selfish. Mm. I'm too selfish. Right. Like, being working in ministry is a very selfless job and it takes special people and I'm not that person. Like I grew up being abused as a kid and like, you know, I've always want daddy to love me, you know, like <laughs> I always, uh, and I love the attention yeah. plain and simple. Yeah. I can like, I, yeah, I, you know, comedians are like, I just love doing, I'm like, no, you love attention. <laughs> like I love attention. Mark, haven't I always loved attention? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, well, come on. Yeah. There's a lot like, of pastors like that too. Yeah. Oh, we I all know, struggle yeah. with, oh, I think man. up front, I think people that can get on a stage and do this kind of stuff. They always struggle with that. That's the dark. Sure. That's the dark side of it. Some yeah, for ministry people, it's kind of the dark. I understand side of it, that too. And where, a little bit is okay. Right. It's okay. Absolutely, because you were you gifted. Get, you were can, gifted yeah, to do you that. You can get fulfilled. Yes. There's. You can get yeah, fulfillment out of using get, yeah. what you're gifted to absolutely. do. Absolutely. But I'm saying the dark side sometimes can be. Oh, absolutely. I yeah, know. The, uh, you yeah. know. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Same the, for comedians. The, the, the cool dressed pastors and yeah uh, and uh, you know right. But getting up on stage, people that are gifted that way. Yeah, but people that are gifted that the way, worship I think, leaders. Oh, for God's sake! <laughs> keep going, keep going. Keep like a, a male worship leader that paid sixty dollars for a haircut. Don't really, you think bro? that would be a great Will Ferrell movie? Yeah. A male worship leader. Oh. I think it would be one yeah. of the best. Yeah, you don't want him to do that. No, you don't. No, no. You have you met him. Will Ferrell? Yeah, I actually have. I, yeah. I, a long time ago, when Chris Brexton and I, uh, Chris Brexter is one of the creators of Pittsburgh Dad. Right. Yes, yep. uh, we're longtime filmmaking friends. Obviously, we worked. I mean. We worked in ministry together. Right. We did fun stuff. We did stuff. some films together. To right. Yeah, I, uh, we did. We were at a Newport Beach film festival for one of our films, and he was just there presenting like some thing, and I got to say hi and shake hands with him. That's it. Nice. That's a terrible story. All right. Well, we're going to wrap this up. All you right. guys are ready to wrap it up? All right. We yeah. need to yeah. wrap it up because everybody's got to go, but we're going to We can it. do a part two sometime. Yes, That'd we awesome. will. That'd there's, be awesome. Yeah. Come back. There's Come. a lot more things to unpack. Yeah. 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 You, you're like an onion. Just <laughs> yeah. tons of layers. Sure. Time to unpack it. Okay, but we want to play a game with you before we go. Okay. Okay? So this is a game called 10 Bad Questions. Okay, so we're going to just throw random questions at you, and and, uh, you can can answer whatever comes out of your mouth off the top of your head. All right? All right, so cue the music, post-production, and and, uh, here we go. So question number one. Aaron, you ready? Yes. All right, question number one. Where would you go to survive the zombie apocalypse, and what would be your weapon of choice? (laughs) 
Oh, I would go to uh, middle of Canada, uh, and my weapon of choice would be a machete. Nice, a machete. I've thought this through. I know. See, I knew you thought this oh, through, yeah. so why, yeah. the, why the middle of Canada? Cold. A cold. Cold, so the cold. zombies slow and, down? Yeah, absolutely. And also, there's a lot of rivers and lakes and bodies of water <laughs> yeah, where you right. can lose them and travel faster. I mean, uh, so you have a harder question? The, you have the van packed. Okay. You're oh, right. no, I'm really into zombies. All right, I know, I know that. That's like, why I asked re- the question. Can we do a zombie podcast? <laughs> I have done I've done an hour and a half zombie podcast. Uh, wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, question number two. What is the worst joke you ever told that you thought was funny? Uh, I was talking about how, how like, uh, Abercrombie and Fitch jeans were like made by third world country kids oh, and like and and like these kids like don't have their own clothing and then th- they have to make these perfectly good jeans and then cut holes into perfectly good jeans <laughs> like they're cutting holes yes. into the jeans right and they're just like why are we ruining these clothes why are we we're made perfectly good jeans and they're making us ruin them and then they ship them off and then Brad and Angelina come back over to help them with these ripped oh, jeans, jeans on <laughs> and they're just like no and it just bombed. That joke bombs. I was just like, I thought I was really smart. <laughs> All right. All right. Number three. What's the uh, weirdest moment you've ever had as a comic? Weirdest. Weirdest. Strangest. Besides um, Chattanooga. <laughs> I mean, it, weird, weird things uh, happen more often. It would be it would be having odd, meeting odd people after shows. They say weird right. things to you? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> it happens all the time. There's so, it's Can so I sign many. your breast? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've done that. Yeah, uh, I, I toured with Steve-O for three months. Oh, oh, yeah. oh There was some weird stuff there, for sure. Yeah. Go back to that. Um, Find a weird moment for it. Yeah, touring with Steve-O. <laughs> oh, okay, there we go. That's that just a whole moment of weird. Uh, all right, yeah. number four. Number four is <laughs> number yeah, four. Would you rather be a Boba Fett or a Jedi. Oh, Boba Fett or a Jedi Knight. That's tough. See, so, yeah, uh, I told I would, you it would be tough. That's tough. No, I, didn't um, think, I didn't think it'd be that tough. I, I would I would be with Jedi Knight. All right, number five. What character in the Breakfast Club do you most relate to? I don't know. Gosh. Probably the probably the principal at this point. <laughs> like now what I was his you. name? What was his I name? I don't remember. Oh, I, uh, I'm not the, on you mess with the movies. I don't you remember. mess with the bull, you get the horns. <laughs> yeah. I, at this point, like I tell people now, like used to work with teenagers. I hate teenagers now. <laughs> like I hate them. Like They're a different room now. of oh my cell God. phones have ruined them. Oh, I, I can't imagine. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. No, probably the principal. I mean, all right, I principal. Hate, I hate all of you. <laughs> Number six. All right, which show would you like to be on first? Fallon, Corden, Kimmel, or Corbett? How do you say that? Uh, Fallon. Fallon. Oh, yeah. yeah, Fallon for sure. Because I like him a lot. And I like Jimmy Fallon a lot. I like The Roots a lot. And uh, I'm hoping that one night, that's the one night that JT shows up for no reason. Nice. nice. I love JT. Yeah, We're nice. hoping to see you on that. All right, number seven. Uh, you get to sing a duet with one singer or rapper. Uh, Who do you like, choose and why? Justin Timberlake. <laughs> Justin Timberlake? Justin Timberlake is the only man where he's like, just kiss me on the mouth. I'm like, mm. <laughs> Like I, I think he's awesome. I think he, like, I want to hang out with him. Like he's funny. He does he's very talented. Like he's cool creative. Dude. I'm like, he is a cool dude. I want to hang out with him. All right. Aaron, cool. Do you do any impressions? Give us your best. Number eight. Do you do any impressions? Not really. No. I did a radio demo uh, a couple years ago to be on a morning, a very famous Pittsburgh morning show, and I you had I did a bunch of impressions, and I don't think any of them are good. <laughs> any of them. Give us one. Give us your best. I mean, I don't like. I don't. We, we I have no idea. We want it to be bad. 
Uh, okay. Uh, I thought I could do Obama. Okay. Oh, Let's go for it. Let's go uh, for it. Uh, first of all, uh, people, uh, let me say something. Uh, Hillary Clinton <laughs> is a lying cheat. <laughs> and if you guys follow me on Facebook. Uh, oh, yeah. I've been watching. Yeah. I've been watching. Uh, thank you, guys. Uh, <laughs> any watching. questions from the Associated Press? All right. No, number, n- number nine. Someone would ask number nine. Uh, you've played with Grover Cleveland. What other famous person would you like to play? You know, after Grover Cleveland, it's all downhill. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> president I mean, of the United States. But that's like that's a that's a serious like <laughs> I, like that for me. That's a serious question. Yeah, like, I would. Right, like, yeah, I would love. Oh man, that's really because I love history. So yeah. it's really hard to. Oh. Boy, I don't, man, that's a really... I don't know why I laugh when he says it's really good. That's I really just tough. That is really tough. Um, you want to do that in part two? Yeah, I, man, that is the <laughs> tough back, question. Come back and answer Because I love history so much. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Hmm. All right, number 10. If you, we asked this question to everybody we yeah. play 10 bad questions with. If you could run your fingers through Joel Osteen or Donald Trump's hair, which one would you choose? <laughs> Neither. I don't want to be in the room with either of them. Neither. Get the, you get the chance. Run your fingers one time. I mean, Donald for sure. Yeah. So I could rip his hair out. So I could rip those plugs right off of his head. Um, yes. All right. We have. And then maybe maybe Joel Austin just to see how quick his personal assistant fixes his hair. Uh, back, gels it again. He's got a lovely set of a lovely head of hair. Well, this is the bonus question too. This is a bonus. We get we, just because you're who you are. We have a bonus question, okay. and I know you love this. So, if you were a pro wrestler, what would your finishing move be? Oh, dude, the Stone Cold Stunner is the best. Stone Cold <laughs> Stunner. It's, it's, either, it's between like the Stone Cold Stunner or uh, uh, the Sweet Chin music. Sweet Chin music. I mean, that's just, dude. Nice. Yeah. Did you see the the stand up comedian that did the stunner to that's end his bit? One of my close. Is friends. it one of your close friends? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's Matt Light. It's yeah. one of my close friends. Matt yeah, Light yeah. gave the stunner. Yeah, it yeah. was epic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, he gives people swing, sweet chin musics like outside of open mics all the time. <laughs> oh yeah, so he's an insane person. Well, Aaron, thanks for not playing. a Christian comic. Yeah, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, Aaron, thanks for playing 10 Bad Questions. And before you go, uh, we, we want to let people know uh, what do you got coming up? Where can they find you online? When does this come out? Social media. Probably in two days. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, promote, uh, promote away. Yeah, Saturday, May 21st uh, uh, at 8 p.m. At Ar- I'm at Arcade Comedy Theater downtown Pittsburgh. It's uh, Pittsburgh's only black box comedy theater. I host a stand-up comedy game show called Comic Wars where I pit three versus three stand-up comedians. Right. It's not a clean show. <laughs> Uh, rolling my eyes. I didn't even realize I rolled my eyes. Uh, John's but yeah. got a great story of sending people to your show. <laughs> I'll tell you about it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they were I, not amused. Oh, excellent. I can't wait. This is the best. This is the best. I can't wait. Uh, but yeah, Comic Wars is at 8 p.m. Uh, it's a stand-up comedy game show at Arcade Comedy Theater on Liberty Avenue. And then at 10 p.m., I'm on the WDVE Loaded Show uh, at Club Cafe in the South Side off 12th Street. Nice. Uh, so I have two shows Saturday in Pittsburgh to do. Other than that, I mean, I'm all over the country. You know, my website, AaronKleiber.com. You can spell my name from the podcast yes. title. And tell us about your podcast. Where, my where podcast is uh, Grown Dad Business. It's also on AaronKleiber.com or GrownDadBusiness.com. Or on iTunes or anywhere Yeah, else. it's on iTunes, all that. You can search it 
life. Uh, you know, I talk to a lot of famous comedians, creative people about them growing up. Uh, you can there's a two part episode with Harlan Williams. I do a great episode with Bobcat Goldthwait, a friend of mine. Uh, uh, really cool uh, to hear some of these famous comedians about them raising kids, and huh. if they don't raise kids, I talk about them growing up. Bobcat Goldthwait was in one of my favorite movies ever. One crazy summer. Oh, that's you ever uh, seen that one movie? Crazy summer. That's yeah, yeah, one of my yeah, yeah, favorite yeah. movies of all time. Um, but yeah, that's grown dad business, and uh, and then I do a movie podcast called You Can't Handle the Truth with Sean Collier. He does movie reviews all over the city, and uh, it's two comedians going to movies and reviewing movies. His real job is a film critic. So yeah. Nice. That's what he does. Well, very cool. Very cool. That's Aaron yeah. Kleiber. Aaron, thanks, thanks Aaron. for coming in. We appreciate it. You guys are the best. It was great. We'll be back in a few moments on Post-Christian Pastors. Stick around. Back here on Post-Christian Pastors. And uh, what a great time with Aaron. It was great. Fantastic. It was a lot of fun. Um Mike and I are the only two left here. We had to say goodbye to our other two uh, partners, compadres. Compadres, compadres. I don't know. (laughs) Let's start over. (laughs) Compadres. (laughs) So Mike and I are the only two people left here. Uh, We had to say goodbye to our friends. Uh, Aaron left, and and, uh, he took (laughs) two of our other people. I think they were headed to the comedy club. They're gone. But uh, we're here, and what a great time with him! Just um, listening to his story and and listening to, you know, he's in a. Uh, it's an amazing, tough industry to be in and be a Christian. And there might be people that listen to this podcast and they disagree with some of the things that Aaron said, and that's sure. that's fine too. And I would say to you, you know, you go and try to live in that profession and try to to live out, you know, being a Christian and, you know, and following Jesus in the middle of that. That's tough. Yeah, he definitely has influence as well, just in his field and uh, with the words that he shares as well. Humor is such a a fun thing. It's a dangerous Mm -hmm. thing sometimes. And to be able to have meaning behind it as well, uh, it seems like he's doing a good job. Yeah, yeah. I'm really impressed with Aaron today and listening to him and listening to his story. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he's... He's learning. He's learning this thing. He's been doing it for what seven years. He said. Yep. So I mean, he's learning and finding his way through it. So really, really excited to to listen to his story and his life and yep. kind of what God is doing there and what what he's doing out on the road and and hopefully in the future we see him on you know one of the shows, one of the late night shows or something. We'll see. That'd be great. Aaron, come up. So thanks for joining us for this week in this episode of Post-Christian Pastors. Um, if you're looking for us, you can find us on Facebook at Post-Christian Pastors. You can download our podcast on iTunes. You can download it uh, all basically anywhere you find Pod podcasts. Podbean. Yes, yes, you can find all those old episodes and I and, uh, hope that you become a regular listener here to the podcast. So it's time to say goodbye. So for Marv and for John... And we Aaron. say, and Aaron, we say goodbye. Mike, take us out. Have a good one. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs>